Hello and welcome to Back the Net, CIC's soccer podcast. This is Barry Slagle. In today's episode, episode four, we are speaking with Keith Poston. Keith is our recreation director. We have a great conversation. I just wanted to highlight a couple pieces that I thought were pretty valuable in today's conversation. Keith talks about recreation soccer as the entry point, both for players that are new to soccer as well as our younger players how it immediately jumps into our player pathway, which is recreation all the way to pro, as well as four-year-olds all the way up to 60, 70-year-olds that play in our adult league soccer. Keith has got a great background in recreational sports, and it's a really good conversation. Keith is a great guy. He offers his time and his email in the podcast. So if you've got questions or you're looking to find a way to help your players, your recreational players, or even players in our competitive program at home, feel free to reach out to him or, or your coaches or your directors. We're here to help. Moving into a little piece of housekeeping. Today is a little bit longer. I want to talk about a couple things. Today is Thursday, April 16th. Last night, Wednesday, April 15th, the club released its return to play game plan. You can find that on our Coronavirus 19 update on our website. It's about nine pages long, and it's written by our director of operations, Chad Metzler. It has a lot of information about what the club is going to be doing when we restart our return to play protocol. It's about four weeks of training. It goes into details based off your player's level. If he's a recreational player, competitive player, he plays in one of our national programs. A couple pieces that I want to highlight. First is the camps. We have extended our camp discount codes to May 1st read through that and see exactly which code you should be using. You should be familiar if you've listened to the podcast with CISC member for 30% off of our summer camps, CISC player for $50 off of our ID camps. Um, but there's also some, some free camps for players of different levels. If you're in our recreational program, you have a free camp using a particular code. Uh, if you're in our competitive programs, there's going to be a free camp that's offered to all of our competitive members. Again, check that out on our website, independentsoccer.club. I just want to read something real quick directly from the return to play game plan, game plan about the camps. That is our value protection plan. For summer camps, we will provide our members a value protection guarantee. For those who sign up for camps that are canceled due to COVID-19, the value of your camp will be credited towards later camps and CISC other programs. Your investment value will be guaranteed. The second piece that I want to read from our return to play game plan, the master plan, is about our new piece for player placement process. We are introducing a new interactive phase to the player placement process. Players will be empowered to declare their placement interest and commitment levels. This is a new step in the PPP process that involves and engages players to express their desires and goals in soccer. The player placement process registration fee of $35 still stands. There's a massive amount of staff allocated to this process that we must continue to support in the budget. Players will still receive a training top as part of the PPP registration as well. We are encouraging members to register early so that we can begin populating the PPP pools and send out player declaration forms to all registered players. So that's it for housekeeping. Quite a bit. Hope you enjoy listening to Keith. It was a great conversation. Thanks. All right. Welcome. Uh, This is Back in the Net, the Charlotte Independent Soccer Club's podcast. Today, I've got Keith Poston on the line. He's coming through and we're using Zoom, like we've been using for pretty much all of our meetings recently. Uh, Keith, can you, can you tell everybody your exact title uh, with the recreation department in the club and a little bit about what you do before we start talking about yourself? 
Sure, sure. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, thanks for putting this together. Um, so again, I am Keith Poston. I am the recreational director for the Charlotte Independence. Um, right now, currently, we run a program out of the north side of, uh, of our club, and we're looking to expand into the other areas that we're in as well. Um, but I have been with the club now um, since the end of 2012, early 2013, so seven years, um, all in the same role as the rec director. Yeah, excellent. And what were you doing before? You were in recreation prior to uh, working for Charlotte Independence, or for your case, the Carolina Rapids. What were you doing before 2012? Um, before, before, actually before 2012, I spent um, 10 years working for the Lake Norman YMCA um, in various roles from membership director to after school director to camp director. So a lot of my um, career has been working with kids um, as well as coaching um, sports, um, you know, for quite a while. Um, but a lot of that, again, before coming to the club was working for the YMCA. Yeah, great. And so what, what was your first love? I think you mentioned earlier when we were talking that you started off as football and now you're in soccer. So. What's the background there? <laughs> right. So, so honestly, um, when I grew up, soccer wasn't obviously as big as it is now, uh, especially in my in my area and my community. So, my first yeah, where, love. Yeah, real quick, where did you where did you grow up? Are you from this yeah, area? Yeah, man. So I am not a transplant. I am <laughs> originally from North Carolina, uh, to be exact. I am from Lincolnton, North Carolina, which is about 30, 40 miles um, west of Cornelius. So um, outside of the, the Lincoln County or in the Lincoln County area. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so football was my was my first love. And I, I grew up playing um, football. Um, grew, grew up with a lot of influential coaches that were in my life, um, in, in, you know, especially in football. But uh, football was my first love. I also played basketball and then um, also participated in track, but that was uh, by trial and error. So you know, <laughs> out, out, of, out of season, you didn't have a choice but to do something. And coaches like everybody's, everybody's going to be running track. So, yeah, my sister did the same thing. So my dad, my dad was a soccer, he, he ran a club and he, he coached college soccer for 20 years. And so, you know, we grew up doing a bunch of different stuff. But soccer was always right. one of them. And my sister, when she was in ninth grade, um, you know, in North Carolina, we're from Davidson. So we're from here. We're, okay. we're not a transplant either. Been gone for 12 years, but now we're back. But um, she was going into her ninth grade year and the females, they play in the spring. So she had nothing to do in the fall. And so same thing as you, you know, when you're not in season, you got to be doing something. So right. she went out to run cross country and ended up winning the conference as a freshman, having another, never done the sport before. <laughs> so she kind of weighed those two things and said, oh, I guess, I guess I'm a cross country runner now. And so oh, she man. ended up running in college and, you know, she, she was way, way, way better athlete in that regard than me for sure. <laughs> so it was at the Lake Norman YMCA that was sort of introduced you into the, the rec level of soccer. And that's how you, you got into it or was it something else? Correct. No. So, so again, obviously, um, again, with the late Norman Wine spending 10 years there, um, right out of college. Um, so obviously, I mean, I grew, I grew to understand and love soccer in college. Um, I went to Wingate University, um, just outside of Charlotte. Um, and so at that point in time, our football team was not, not the greatest, um, but soccer was big, soccer and baseball. Um, and so, um, you know, just being an athlete in general, you get to know the other athletes. And, and so, you know, soccer became one of those things that I just grew interested in and, and just did it for fun. I mean, you know, I, I, by no means am I a soccer star or anything like that, but um, I just I learned and, and grew to love it in college. Um, and from there, you know, when you talk about working for the YMCA and, and different aspects, um, especially on the sports side, I mean, you know, we had everything from basketball to soccer to, to flag football. So um, those things all just incorporated into one and, and, you know, it just fostered my love for the game. 
Yeah, and it seems it seems particularly at <coughs> excuse me at all levels, but definitely that recreational level and sort of that entry level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a lot of parents and a lot of kids flock to soccer. Have, have you noticed that? Did you see that at the YMCA before coming over as well? What are your thoughts on and why? Yeah, in 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 the years that I spent to Y, basketball was still big. Soccer was just starting to grow, um, and so you saw a lot of it. And they know that's the world of rec, right? Recreational sports is an opportunity to to get your hands involved into something in something and see how you like it. So at that point, you know, soccer was just starting to grow um, and, and get popular in this area. So a lot of kids were were actually participating in soccer. Even when we did summer camps, we'd have a soccer camp. And that was probably one of our biggest camps that we did at the YMCA was a soccer camp. Um, kids just wanting to to get out and play and have fun and learn the game. Yeah. And then what about now, did you play sports at Wingate? I know you said you played football growing up. Did you play any of the sports uh, when you were at Wingate University? I did not. I, my, after my freshman year, man, I, I quit. Uh, as I say quit, but I stopped playing sports. Uh, again, Wingate was not a football school um, at the time. when Actually, when I went, it was still a junior college. Okay. Um, so we, yeah, we didn't become a university until my sophomore year. But um, So I, I you know, focused in on my studies and, and stopped playing sports and, and just enjoyed the college life. Yeah, I was wondering because, you know, they, they won a national they won a national title a couple of years back in Division Two for <laughs> yeah. soccer. Uh, right. I coached against them for five years. I was at I was at Newberry College. Um, uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were in the conference and we saw them every year. And, you know, I think my first year I was there, we got lucky and beat them. And it was the first time Newberry had ever beat Wingate in soccer. And it didn't happen after that either. So I sort of, sort of used all my luck on season one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good school. Um, and you know, the division two level, you know, I had a recruiting conversation with, with Greg Ashton and Phil Heinsohn earlier last week in one of our other podcasts. And we're kind of talking a little bit that there's really good soccer division. Three. There's really good soccer division two, and there's really good soccer right. division one as well. Um, what do you think sort of the biggest difference for, for, for the entry level, that rec level? I think you mentioned it just a second ago about it being sort of a starting point and, and sort of a feeling out period, but you know, how do you see the role for rec soccer? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously for us as a grassroots program, um, you know, for, for kids wanting to develop and learn and learn the fundamentals um, of, of the sport, that that's what happens. It happens at that recreational level. Um, we are lucky in a sense that we have a lot of, you know, obviously our recreational program is volunteer-based, uh, strictly ran by volunteer coaches on the field, but we have a lot of coaches that have been with us for, for many seasons that have a soccer background. Um, and so, you know, their their love for the game, their love for working with the youth and mentoring and being a role model pays off because in, in our situation, we have a lot of those coaches that are continuing to give back, you know, with us for many, many years as their kids are developing. Um, so when you talk about the recreational program, you know, and again, a grassroots program, leading to that pathway of going to the competitive sector. Um, you know, it's, that's where it starts. It starts at the recreational level. Um, and and so, you know, for us, it's a good thing because we do have, um, you know, that opportunity for players to come in, learn the game, learn the fundamentals and, and be taught by um, coaches that understand the game. And then, you know, if, if their desires are to continue to grow and go, then, you know, there's a pathway for them. Yeah. We use that term pathway a lot. And it's, it's really clear when we're talking about rec into competitive because, we, we kind of have, uh, I don't know if we had the numbers here exactly right, but, you know, we've got the we've got the rec level and we've got the competitive mm-hmm. level. And then, you know, we sort of start transitioning even into some of the semi-pro type mm-hmm. summer leagues that we have. And yeah. then obviously we're 
were, were tied in with the, the professional team, the USL team, the Charlotte Independent Soccer. So we kind of have a pathway all the way from, from recreational or, or very small beginning soccer all the way up to the USL level, which is the second highest level of professional soccer here right. in the U.S. And it makes a lot of sense, you know, if, if you're going to bring your kid out because you want them to socialize and you want them to get that physical exercise, be disciplined, learn how to practice something, get better at something, see the benefits of, of hard work. You know, right. rec is a great place to start. And if your kid takes it, you know, or takes takes a liking to it, then, okay, what's next? Well, here's the next step. We've got that competitive level at all ages. What age does the rec start? So if you're a parent out there listening and, and you've got a four-year-old, um, what when when does it begin? Yeah, Barry, you hit it right on the head. So at, at four, at age four, we, we take um, kids in our program. So our first step into the program at four and five-year-olds is our Kings program. I mean, what King stand for is kicking is not good soccer. Um, so, you know, a lot of that is um, education starts right from the name. huh? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, teaching kids to not just kick a ball and chase it. Right. But actually really to keep the ball at their foot. Um, so the understanding that, that we want parents to understand at that age is that, you know, it, it seems like they're doing a lot of elementary games. Right. And, and nursery, those things are related to nursery rhymes because kids learn by repetition. Um, so we continue to do those things um, at that age group so that they get comfortable with their ball to foot. Um, I, I think you can probably ask a lot of coaches and a lot of professionals and they'll tell you, you know, if, if you're not comfortable with the ball at your foot, um, it's, it's hard to do a lot of things. So it's, as long as they can be comfortable with their ball at their foot, all the other aspects are going to come. Um, so our Kings program, that is that is the basis of our program is teaching them that kicking is not good soccer. Let's not kick the ball and chase it. Let's dribble the ball. Let's put the ball on our foot. Let's keep it close. Um, so, um, but, you know, so again, at age four, um, and then, you know, we all, we go up to an adult league. So, you know, those, those, those that have aspired and played their entire life and played in college and came back and now just want to play for fun. Um, you know, we have an adult league. Uh, oh, I didn't, now. I didn't realize that. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I play yeah. on the adult league team for the, for the coaches, <laughs> right? We, you know, we have right. two sites, we've got the Mooresville site. And then are right. you guys out of Bradford for the other one? We, we are out of Bradford on Sundays. Yes. Yeah, Sunday night league. Yeah. So, so yeah, I didn't even realize it. Um, but yeah, so I always called it the adult league, but you're right. That's part of the, or I'm assuming that's part of the recreation. Umbrella. Part of the rec, that, that is part of the rec, man. And you know, it's, it's funny because you, we got, we got kids out there. Our adult league obviously starts at 18. Um, and you know, that number just goes. So we got some guys out there that still have it, man, at 60 and 65 that are still out there playing. So, you know, you'd, it'd be hard. You'd, you'd be impressed. Not it's as like, good as you, Barry. But, you know. <laughs> there, it's unbelievable. Uh, I haven't made it out to Bradford because I, I, I'm a little closer to Mazeppa, so that's where I where I play our Wednesday Sunday stuff. But right. you know, at least I can speak to the Mooresville crew that's out there. They they are diehard. You know, they show up. They're ready to go. You know, Wednesday pickups. They're there for two hours. Sunday pickups. You know, depending if you're in season, out of season. Phil Wilkinson, who heads up the Mooresville side for the adult league, particularly. You know, if it's if it's Christmas Day, it's it's a Wednesday or Sunday. He's out Missed there. Plan. Yeah, it's, right. it's unbelievable. I love soccer, and, and I make it out there a lot. But the, these guys have a true passion for the game. Man, I didn't even make that connection. That's fantastic. Yeah, of course, the adult league it falls under the recreational umbrella. It's not just it's not just the younger kids. Gotcha. So talk about that a little bit because I, I don't know the specifics here. Do we have a recreation into the middle ages? When does it stop? Or do we, so, do we host yeah, things so older? Yeah, right. So again, you know, it doesn't because again, from from four year olds all the way up to um, under eighteen, um, you know, you can play youth rec um, within the club. And and our recreational program is an in house program, so we don't play outside 
of our club. Um, we average about 13 to 1400 kids a, a season. So we have enough that we can play in house. Um, so, you know, from, from four year olds up to 18, you play on the youth side and then at 18, you can go and graduate and play or graduate, play into the adult league. Um, and we have some of those kids that have played with us through our rec program and on our competitive side that have, uh, that will come and play in the adult league. So, you know, we see, see all ages. Yeah. So it's, it's really full service, even in terms of the age from the recreation piece as well. Yeah. So tell, tell a little bit about that transition from not playing soccer into rec and then either continuing through rec or, you know, if, if the parents and the family and, and the player decides that they want that next challenge. So give me that transition timeline, how that looks and why, what they might be thinking about. Great. Yeah. So obviously again, you know, with the younger, with the younger age groups, um, you know, in our recreational program again starting at four years of age we also have outside of our rec program is a youth academy program um, and the youth academy is that u8 u9 u10 program so it, it's a little it's a little different than rec obviously um, kids that um, are a little more involved and a little more in depth in the game of soccer and want to get a, you know to do more in the game of soccer experience a little bit of that competitive side of it but not so much a lot of the travel right so you got kids that um, at that point into our youth academy program those kids are going to have training sessions that are twice a week um, with contracted coaches that are club coaches um, and then obviously progress into there um, the other side of that is even at our U, um, U8, U9, U10, we still have a recreational-based program. And at that age, it's all gender-specific. So um, to back up just a minute, our Kings program is um, co-ed. And then you get into our um, U7, U9, U8, U9, U10, all the way up to U12. Um, those programs are gender-specific. Um, you know, and clearly that's a lot to do with numbers. Um, you know, at that point, kids haven't started playing a lot of middle school ball, so you still have enough of the same gender numbers that you can have gender-specific programs. Um, and so then, you you know, after that, you can go into our U14 and U18 program, which again goes back to co-ed. Um, you know, obviously at that point, kids are starting to um, determine whether they're going to play middle school ball and club ball. And so, you know, your numbers fluctuate a little bit. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, the co-ed programs are the younger and the older age groups. And then in the middle, you'll find all of our gender specific, which ties directly into kind of the way it works on the competitive side, right? Because everything is done by birth year. Um, we, on the rec side, we um, followed the birth year chart starting uh, two, three seasons ago, I think it was. So we're, we're right in line with, you know, kids that if they're ready, if they're wanting to, um, progress into youth academy and or the competitive level U11, U12, U13. It, it, it all fits in, in line with what we do on the competitive side. So we've kind of streamlined that process so that every at every step, whether it's a recreational program or youth academy program or competitive, those kids are hopefully going to be able to fall right in line um, and, and fall right into the right group. And that starts at age four as well? Or does that start at eight and nine? Well, the, the youth academy starts at U8, U9. But the birth, sorry, the birth, birth. Year oh, the birth year. Oh, yeah, no, no. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, birth, birth year. Yeah, we we've gone right in line with um at you at our Kings program at U four. No, that's U4. that's great. I wanna I wanna highlight that for a second because I I know when I get individual tryout calls, you know, somebody that might have moved into the area after May has missed our traditional season of tryouts uh, mm -hmm. for 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 those new kids. We call it player placement for the kids that are in our program. But um, <clears throat> essentially, somebody gives me a call and they says, Hey, you know, my my kid would like to play soccer. And sometimes that first bit of confusion is trying to figure out what team they are, what age they are. So even on the rec side, so if you've got a four-year-old playing this current season, that would be a 2016, 2015? Right, 15, 15. Okay, 
So this current rec season, which obviously we're, we're, we're yeah. coming to you today, it's middle of the podcast now that I'm dropping this information, but is <laughs> Thursday, April 9th. <laughs> uh, so we're currently in the middle of our suspension of play and, and sort of our break through the coronavirus. Um, but the current season that if we weren't in this would be for 2015s, 2014s, 2013s, all the way up till whatever age you are. So right. next year when we get started with the rec programming as well, uh, as long as we're back on the fields and everything's going well, which fingers crossed, we want to get back out there as soon as possible. That would be if your son or daughter is a 2016. So if your kid was right. born in 2016, then they can start that rec program at that next rec season, this upcoming Correct. 2020 rec season. Yes. And do we do fall and spring for all ages, or does it break down when they get into high school? No, no. So, so our our rec program is to it's both seasons, spring and fall. Um, so we do run a spring and fall. We we take the summer off and we do summer camps. We offer summer camps, um, you know, obviously club camps as well as recreational camps, and then we do uh, winter camps as well. So the 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 main season is fall and spring. Um, the seasons themselves are roughly about ten to eleven weeks. Um, so there's two weeks of training prior to the first game and then eight weekends of games um, on the recreational side. Obviously, games are all on Saturdays uh, or excuse me, Fridays and or Saturdays, um, you know, and then um, so, you know, it gives you an opportunity to have your weekends free if you're if you're doing that. But, um, yeah, so we have it. Yeah. So let me let me outline. <coughs> excuse me. Let me outline that picture for you and you kind of fill any any gaps in that I've missed here. So. You know, if you've got if you've got a new player to soccer, whether they be younger or even into the middle school age or even high school, if they're looking to to give it a try, that rec is typically that first starting point. Um, and if you're looking to do less travel or less commitment and, and less financial commitment as well, that rec is also sort of that first rung to give it a go. You know, so whatever your reasons are, if you're new to soccer, your son or daughter's new to soccer, they're younger, uh, they're into the middle school or high school. You know, they're looking for something that they can do primarily for fun, uh, then that is what we offer. And it goes even all the way up into the adult league. So if moms and dads are post high school for those players, they've got mm-hmm. the ability to play. And it's a, uh, I don't know the exact term to use. I guess, I guess a little bit less commitment financially travel uh, and time is probably the biggest piece there. Um, am I missing right. something? I, no, I no. I mean, going there. no, yeah, no, you hit it right on. I mean, and that, that's the biggest piece to it in the record, right? Is, um, nowadays kids are doing a lot of other activities especially at this young age right so they may be doing you know soccer this season and then they got baseball or basketball or ballet or whatever the case may be so that's that introductory so it doesn't require a lot of your time um, but you get the sense and feel for what our program or what our club standards are right because we all whether you're a rec coach or a competitive coach we all follow the same the same guidelines and standards right so you kind of get that a taste of what it's like to be a Charlotte Independence member um, and so you know that carries all the way through from our youngest program up to our oldest program. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, we talked about the pathway earlier. We're connected with the the whole pathway of the Charlotte Independent Soccer Club. Uh, but you're right. The standards, the standards are the same logo. You know, we have the mm-hmm. same standards. You know, the recreational right. coaches are are volunteer, but they are typically parents and and, and members of this club that's quite big and, and quite successful and with really high expectations and standards. So you've got kind of two pieces there. Yeah, that's fantastic. What's what do you think the biggest selling point? You know, if you're looking looking at the positives, um, you know, what is what does rec bring to the table and why why would somebody say, you know, this is this is a great fit for me? Um, I think for for us and for our club, I think the biggest piece of it is, again, we 
we run a, a really good program. Um, and that program is ran by on the right side, our volunteer coaches. And uh, the biggest piece of selling point that is the word of mouth from, from the members that have been here and whether you're new moving in or whether you're at another program, but you have friends and neighbors that will say, Hey man, Charlotte independence is the place to be. The biggest selling point is really our volunteer coaches uh, and the job that they do. Uh, I mean, None of, none of this, I could do none of this by myself, right? Uh, so with 1,400 kids, right, 1,400 kids, 227 coaches, there's no way, it's not even possible for me to, to take the credit for that. That's um, unbelievable. So, Did you say 227 yeah, coaches? 227 coaches, uh, volunteers, man, not, not just because of volunteer coaches that give their time and talent. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting paid. Um, you know, we joke all the time, the only thing they're getting is a T-shirt. <laughs> right. That's their pay. They're going to get a T-shirt to wear as a coach, um, but they're giving their time because they, they want, um, you know, the best. And they, they offer an opportunity for these kids to, uh, to have an opportunity to, to learn the game of soccer. So the biggest selling point is really, um, you know, not that we provide that the arena, but it's, it's the actual coaches. Um, you know, and again, we we go through a process where we have a coaches clinic prior to our season starting. Um, especially you'll see a lot of new coaches that are new to the club themselves or new to coaching with the club that will attend that. Um, and it's, and again, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of work of uh, an understanding of what the club is about and what we do, but there's also some field session stuff. So we try to give the coaches an opportunity to see, you know, here's the way to run a session and here's how we run a session. So um, those are part of the things that we do. Um, and I think that all translates back to the selling point of, of you know, why you'd want to come to, uh, you know, Carolina Rapids. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Listen to me, yeah. Carolina Rapids. Sorry, man. Charlotte Independence. That's okay. You've got 12, 12 going, years I'm of Carolina back. Rapids experience. <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the club doesn't run without without volunteers. The team coordinators and the rec coaches, um, I can't speak enough about it. Like I said earlier about the adult league players, you know, um, I'm, I'm passionate about soccer, and I love being out there, and, and I love what I do. Um, you know, and, and those those are totally players that aren't connected in the club in terms of the coaching staff. They're out there all the time. It's it's unbelievable. Right. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work with the team coordinators at the competitive level and it wouldn't work without the uh, the volunteer coaches that you have at the rec level. I wanted to yeah. jump in there. I think that's a good a good sort of segue. So I would imagine that, you know, you, you get passionate, passionate people that love the sport and, and love love the players and want to be a mentor and want to help out. And you probably also have different levels. I'm sure you've got some former professional players that are coaching and volunteering. Uh, and then you probably also have some parents that, you know, are, are doing it because they want to be around the kids and want to help. So how do right. you help those coaches? Just give me sort of a quick synopsis of, you know, sure. what are these coaches focusing on? What's their goal when training these rec level players, particularly the younger ages? Sure, sure. So, so again, so at our Kings Pro, so the way the program is broken down is that the Kings is our U5, uh, U5 and U6 program, so under five and under six. The next stage that is developmental um, is the developmental division, which is your U7s, U9s, and then after that is what we consider just our recreational program. Um, but it all, it all is built upon comfort with the ball, right? Keeping the ball at your foot. So once we've, I tell coaches all the time, you know, as a U5, U6 coach, um, you know, yes, you know, it's all about the fun of the game, um, but we want those kids when they leave to go into our developmental division, which is our U7 through U9, is that when they're comfortable with the ball, now we can start to develop some other aspects of the game. Um, so again, not not to overdo it, but, you know, if they're comfortable with the, foot at the, with the ball at their foot, now, you know, you, you're going to always hear, you know, especially in the recreational level, kids will, it kind of looks like a beehive, right, when they're playing, right? They all just follow the ball. Um, but if they're comfortable with the ball at their foot, now we can start to work on a little bit of, you know, how do you space out a little bit, um, you know, and so that we can move the ball around and start to play the game of soccer. So it all builds upon that. 
Um, and then as you get older into those older groups that, again, at your U10, U12, U14, um, now you can start to work on, you know, the, the, the all three parts of the game of the field on the field, right? The defensive third, the middle third, the back third. So, you know, you can start to work on those things, but it's all built upon what we do with our kids at that young age. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's the biggest key for us in our rec program. Right. So you have these coaching clinics before the start of the season. Uh, you explained to them, particularly for the Kings program, that it's about comfort on the ball. Kicking is not soccer, right? <laughs> That's right, man. We, we also – so coaches, man, I tell coaches all the time, so we have a lesson plan that they can follow um, that, that, you know, they don't have to think about it and overthink it. Um, we're lucky enough that we have a lot of coaches that, you know, again, like you said, they have either have a soccer background, um, and so they, they understand and they work with kids, so they kind of have their own um, – session plan or lesson plan within the guidelines of, of what we do. Um, but if they don't, if a coach comes in brand new, man, we, we have a lesson plan for you for eight weeks. So, you know, you don't have to overthink it. All you gotta do is look at the pictures and read the words and go out and, and duplicate what it is. Yeah. Being a good coach uh, at any level, really, it's about, it's about being passionate and committed and, mm -hmm. you know, um, being committed to those players, you know, right. I, I would imagine that some people out there would love to help. And sometimes they might get a little scared away by the soccer piece, but <laughs> they'll pick that part up, you know, right, they'll, they'll right. figure it out. You're there as a reference. The club's here as a reference. Right. We do coaching education. It's, it's really more, are you disciplined and, and are you passionate and are you committed? Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's talk a little bit about, so the, the break of play, you know, right now we, we are doing the shelter in place thing pretty much all, all extracurricular activities across the country have been suspended. Um, I want to hear a little bit about what you might be telling these parents how to help their rec level player um, at home. Sure. You know, what can they do? What should they be focusing on? What should they be worried about? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think, and, and this is not even just for a rec player, I just think players in general, right, is, is as a parent at home, you know, it's just like those of us that are thrust into now being the, the at-home teacher, right? You got your kids at home and now you're having to, you know, do, do, math and science and those things and reading yeah my um, wife's getting hit twice she's an actual <laughs> <laughs> elementary school teacher uh she teaches sixth grade and then you know we also have my daughter who's four who's who's uh, doing her classes but we're lucky we've got we've got my wife's mother uh that's good. just moved in with us that's helping out so <laughs> i understand that um but, but the biggest thing is don't overthink it um you know honestly you know it, it, it's nothing most of these kids most all kids in our program right they have a soccer ball uh, at home or one or two soccer balls or whatever the case may be you know don't overthink it man get out in the yard grab some cones grab, grab a couple you know rocks in place or whatever you need to do um don't overthink it just get out and, and exercise and, and move that ball around um there's no reason that 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 a, that a kid can't get outside for 15 20 30 minutes a day and and you know get out there on the soccer ball the the best thing I can tell parents is, you know, if you're concerned with, you know, what do I do? Or if I don't know what to tell my kid how to do it, YouTube it. Man, there I get it on YouTube and there's everything you want to know is on YouTube. Um, the club we've, we've sent out and the rec, the rec parents received it as well. But we've sent out a kind of an at-home training. Um, so they received that as well. But you know what, man, if, if, if you if you trust your kids, man, give them the laptop, let them look at it on YouTube and then send them outside. Uh, you know, they'll be creative because honestly, in the rec world and in soccer, right? In sports, at some point in time, you want kids to be creative. They're going to get the fundamentals, and then they start to have fun with the game because they can be creative. So look at, look at YouTube. Um, look at the things we've sent out. Um, reach out to your coach. Um, yeah. you know, coaches are, are still um, eager and ready. They're just as ready to get back on the field as we are and the kids. So reach out to your coaches because the coaches have a lot of good ideas. And, like, so again, some of those coaches have – 
had already planned out their season. So if you say, hey, coach, what can we do? They're going to, hey, you know what, do this. Um, but, yeah, don't overthink it. Um, get out there, have fun. Get out there with your kids. Um, my, my, You talk about kids. Like So my daughter's four. Um, she played for the first time last season. Um, and it's a, I tell everybody, I'll tell right here, and it was like, oh, man, everybody was like, oh, you know, we know your daughter's going to love soccer. She's going to be great. No. She stood on the field. <laughs> she stood on the field. Um, and when she wasn't attached to my leg, she would just stand there. And in our Kings program, um, what we have a technique that's called a new ball technique, right? So a ball goes out of play. A coach would roll a ball right back into play. And we do that for a couple of reasons. One, to keep the game flowing. Two, you can dictate um, where the ball goes on the field, right? So if a player is not getting touches on the ball or shying away from the ball, you can roll the ball to them. Okay, so I did that for my daughter. Hey, man, she just watched that ball roll right past her. <laughs> she, looked at, she looked at the ball and then she looked at you and said, what yeah. was that for? <laughs> yeah, was that? Um, but the coolest thing is, like, when we're at home and she gets out here, she, she will kick that ball. Uh, my one-year-old, we were in the house yesterday playing. He has a soft soccer ball and he's one. I mean, he was just – kicking the ball and he's a little confused. He also picked up like a basketball. So I don't know, maybe he's got a keeper in his blood, but um, you know, but yeah, don't overthink it, man. Just have fun with it. Get out there with the kids get some touches on the ball, kick the ball around, play and have some fun. Yeah. I think that fun is such a priority, you know, definitely at the younger age groups, but honestly it goes all the way up to professional age groups as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen, I've seen more than one professional practice uh, and they like to have fun. You know, they're human beings at the end of the day and, they got into it um, because it was fun and, and probably at a professional level because they were pretty good at it. Right. Um, but yeah, the fun part's incredibly important. And, you know, just, just speaking honestly, the more fun it is, the longer they're going to be able to do it both on the individual session uh, mm-hmm. as well as just in their sort of playing career, however long that might last. Yeah. And if a parent's out there looking for something, like you said, you don't want to, you don't need to overthink it. And probably most of the time, if you do overthink it, you might actually be doing too much. You drop right. a ball and you say, I'm going to score a goal, you know, and you set up two, yeah. two shoes, you know, or a line or just, yeah. you know, a wall. It doesn't matter. And then your kid's going to try to stop you from scoring a goal. Right. And right. when they've got the ball, they're going to try to score a goal. And, you and know, that, I that, challenge any parent to go out there and do that for 10 straight minutes. They'll be huffing right. and puffing at the end of right. it. And that, that's the biggest thing, too, right, is, is challenge your kids, right? So, you know, you, you talk about it because the part, part of sports in general right, is the competitive nature and the competitive side of things, right? So challenge your kids. Even, even if you're just doing simple toe touches on the ball, you know, how many toe touches can they do in 10 seconds versus how many you can do, um, you know, but challenge them. And, That's and such a key. Have fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and most, and most kids, they like, they like to be challenged and they like oh, to yeah, try they, to beat their record. And if mom or dad does mom, a record, dad, yeah, go. mom yeah, and dad puts a record out there. Can we beat that mom and dad? Don't yeah, take that's it easy. Great. Don't take <laughs> I, easy. We've done, as you know, we've done all these evals for all of our, our competitive level players uh, over the course of the last three weeks. Uh, and pretty much the standard question is, what can I be doing? Whether it comes from the kid or from the parent, what can our kids be doing when they're at home? And for those level kids, uh, it's, it's technical because they don't have the opportunity to play 4v4, you know, or, or 11v11 because of the constraints that we're currently in. Um, and when I'm talking about technical work, and this can apply at the rec level as well, as long as you're keeping it fun, but can you add rules? Can you be specific? Can you have purpose? Um, and then can you challenge? Can you, can you find a competition? If you do those two things, they'll get better quicker and they'll do it for longer and they'll have more fun doing it, you know, in most right. cases. Yeah, right. I think that's fantastic. And I, you know, and I, and I, 
and I and I'm sorry, but I encourage those parents too, man. You know, again, if you're if you're having, you know, if you don't know what to do, reach out to me as well. I mean, send me an email. I'll be more than happy to pass along drills Keith, for you. Keith P at IndependentSoccer.club. <laughs> C L U B. There you go. There you go. So I, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that for you. And there's simple, fun, fun drills. So it's it's nothing that that you know a parent is even a novice or an expert can look at it, read it, and go, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, for sure. We also have, <laughs> excuse me. We also have a U6 to U11 at home curriculum that's currently posted on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, you go on there, you can click on it, um, and you can get some ideas and even links to a couple of YouTube videos, I believe, as well as diagrams. So I think there's a lot of resources and a quick YouTube search, like you said as well, will give you some ideas. Right. Just keep that framework and have fun. And can you make it specific? And can you make it a challenge? And I think you're on the right foot. You know, that physical exercise, particularly when they're stuck at home or at least stuck in the neighborhood. Uh, it'll make a big benefit. I know my daughter does much better when she gets outside for, for a good chunk <laughs> of the day and then comes back inside, makes everybody's life right. a bit easier. Right. Cool. Well, Keith, I want to know if there's anything else that you want to touch upon, uh, anything else, other information you want to get out to anybody listening? Sure. The, 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 the final, my final thought really would be this, um, you know, given, given the current situation, um, stay positive, right? Um, don't, don't overthink it. Have some fun. Know that we are going to get back on the field at some point in time. Um, and, you know, I, again, we know that the kids are, are at home and, and they're, no matter what they're doing, they're probably saying they're bored. Um, but, you know, just keep stay positive. No, we're going to get back on the field. We're going to have a season and we're going to continue to have some fun with, on the soccer field. So um, with that in mind, parents, just, you know, relax, enjoy, have fun, um, enjoy some family time. Yeah. Well, great. Well, this was the Back of the Net Soccer Podcast, Charlotte Independent Soccer Club Soccer Podcast. That was Keith Poston, our director of rec. Keith, I really appreciate the time. It was a good conversation. I'm happy to do this anytime something pops up that you want to get out to the members and have a great rest of the day. And I'm sure we'll see each other in the next meeting we've got. Good, Barry. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for all your help. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy.